All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, who made it to all church retreat? Half, half of us, maybe. Or, huh? If you were there virtually, then just raise your hand virtually. I don't even know what, what that means. Okay. Yeah, virtually is, is, is certainly better than nothing. We're going to be learning about that next week, actually. Um, but what I'd like to do is, is do camp testimonies, kind of like we did in main service. You can have more than a minute, okay, in here. Um, but then, I, you know, the things that we learned this week, I don't know about you guys. I, I put all my notes in a notebook, and there were so many statements that people made that require me now to go back and study that out and get the scriptures. You know, Dan Renault would just say, you know, Lee Ridings would just say something. Lee, um, DeCoker, James DeCoker, he said, uh, you know, a bridge to nowhere, that's worthless. That's, that's so good. But in terms of our evangelism, if we're going to be a bridge to the lost people, that we have to build that, but you can't just come and get equipped. You have to be deliberate about the, where that other side of that bridge is. So many things like that, that just are going to require a lot of study, but I think it's worthwhile to not only maybe get some camp testimonies, but then in our small groups, let's work through some of the things that God showed us. And I can, I can certainly present some things from the conference. If, if we don't get enough meat to chew on in our camp testimonies. I can, I can add to that before we break up into small groups, but let's just go ahead. And um, who, who's, who wants to share from camp? So we'll hear from several people, hopefully this morning. Anybody want to start, kick us off? Shelly, you got to come up here. I know, sorry. No, cause uh, we want to record this online. So, so. All right, so Shelly, just yeah, just come up and share. Well, I was only there one night. Um, that was Wednesday night. And I brought my friend, Denise, um, who has been here several times. I don't know if you guys remember. She was my friend from my hometown that we accidentally run into. Yeah. And then uh, she was diagnosed with um, Parkinson's. <clears throat> and anyway, she went with me. And she was like, so like, surprised about how many people came to church camp and that I was willing to drive an hour and 40 minutes for one night. And she's like, it really is worth it. So anyway, that was just a little tidbit. Next. Okay. Yeah. There was uh, over 800 people there. And well, we had 830 sign up. I don't even know extra people that came in the evenings, but uh, there was a lot of people at, at church camp. It was fantastic. So, all right. I would like to share, but I need your help or something. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll translate. <laughs> <laughs> we need to pray for the gift of tongues real quick, and then we'll, we'll jump in. Yeah, I uh, 
my 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 main sharing is about all things works for good but i will before i i share my main sharing my main subject i just would like to you to know that is um, a living faith fellowship <clears throat> we have uh, a wonderful uh, bible teacher and for me and joseph while we are sitting there and we heard and we discussed if one or two pastors from we know in the Middle East uh, is sitting, he, his response, uh, he will leave, he will come, he will not be able to handle that pastor. So uh, is it clear for you? So praise the Lord that we are in the church it's teaching you how can you study the Bible by yourself, even the meat of the word. Uh, my father died when I was four, five years old. And this was, was miserable for me. I hated God. Uh, but uh, when I accepted Christ, and even, even in South Sudan, the second trip or the third trip, uh, God shows me that he was a good father, that he meant by my father's death to prepare me for the ministry. When I heard that, that is the teaching of, uh, what's his name? Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, I forget. Uh, Dallas is, uh, and I'm sharing also Rokus with him. I, <clears throat> he said his, his aunt, uh, uh, pregnant and uh, uh, has a big belly, and she delivered uh, three children, three boys, three uh, uh, triple, yeah, not twins, triple. Then his mother got pregnant and has the same size of belly. So they said, yeah, they are, uh, you know, sisters, so she will have triple. But at the end, she has only one boy, which is Dallas, the one who preached it. And uh, he said that his, uh, his mother has what? What is this? MS. <coughs> MS, multiple sclerosis. So I, I don't know what is that. That's why I asked Pastor Bestie to help me on that. So, uh, and he said, my God is just uh, barbering me in my womb, in, in my mother's womb. So I have uh, a strong body. I can carry my sick mother from bed to her life. And God uses this for good in my life. He a very tall guy, a strong guy, and a good shape guy. And uh, uh, sometimes we did not, we don't see that is what good in this situation. Sometimes, many times. Uh, this reminds me my, my case when my father died. I'm not teaching you a vision. Uh, I'm against vision and dreams as a Baptist pastor, but uh, I'm just sharing you what God chose me. In, in the last prayer meeting in South Sudan, in that trip, I am sharing you, God chose me a vision. While I'm closing eyes between, walking between the pastors, and God chose me 
when I was four years old, crying in the street because my father's death. And I hated God. And he spoke to my heart, do you think I was bad father? So sometimes we, de we don't see what good in this situation. And for you as brothers and sisters, Romans 8, 28, when it says all things work together for good and uh, all things means all things. Yes, Jane. <laughs> Come on up, Jane. Thank you, Wagi. That's great. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Pastor. Um, this was my second church retreat, and uh, it, two things I learned. I really need to join LFBI. And so I didn't know how I was brought up in the church. I don't know how to read the Bible. I'm just beginning to read the Bible. Um, started, I started with uh, Genesis and now going through Exodus slowly, slowly, but I really do need LFBI. But uh, the second speaker who talked about, pastor who talked about building bridges, which have to start with the family. Since joining M, uh, MBT, it has kind of fractured the family a little bit, but um, that showed me how I need to get to build those bridges and how to build them. So that was what I learned in ACR. Thank you. All right, Mike, we're doing all church retreat testimonies. You came in late, but in case you wondered, that's what we're doing. Scott? So uh, um, right before all church retreat, um, I got a, uh, a message from LaDonna uh, asking me if I wanted to teach in Kidtown. And uh, um, we've only been there. Well, I think we decided I'd been down there three times. I've only been down there three times. Like I barely know what's going on yet. So, um, so I was really struggling with it. And, and part of the reason why is I came to Christ at 39 years old. So I have almost four decades of sinful life that produces habits. And I could see some specific things that were going to work against me teaching. And so I was concerned about it. So I talked to LaDonna and said, hey, let's talk at All Church Retreat. Talked to Chris and said, hey, let's talk at All Church Retreat. And we didn't, we didn't do that right away. And then uh, uh, Dallas preached about the mixing bowl and, uh, um, and, and being conformed to Christ. So um, what he said was that, so each one of us has stuff that so so none of us are like christ today right okay so that means there are some things that you're doing that are not like christ and there are some things that you should be doing that you're not doing that christ did okay so that means that there's some things that have to be taken away some behaviors that have to be removed from you and there are some behaviors that have to be added and so, um, so, I mean, I didn't even get a chance to talk to either one of them. 
Dallas preached and it's like, oh, okay, I, I see it. <laughs> so, uh, so I told LaDonna, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to teach down there. Um, and yeah. And then the same thing, it's like, Chris, we finally get around to talking. It's like, all right, let me, let me just tell you what happened. <laughs> so, um, but part of it is I, I see that there, there's going to be some pain involved. I mean, it's going to be like surgery to cut out that those habits that are so ingrained, it's, it's going to be painful to get rid of that. Um, but it's worth it. It's, I'd rather go through the little bit of surgery now than to actually have it burned out at the judgment seat. So, uh, um, yeah, there was that. And then, uh, well, if I can think of the other thing, I'll come back up. <laughs> All right. Let me take a second to build on that while our next altar retreat testimony is, is getting ready here. Turn in your Bibles to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because this will be part of our small group discussion there. So James DeCoker preached on bridges. Okay, so you're the bridge. Okay. You've, you're connected to God, the word of God, the people of God, the church of God, the fellowship of the gospel, the fellowship of the ministry and fellowship in Christ. You're connected to God, right? Amen. Through Christ. That's, that's one end of the bridge. The other end that you have, you should be reaching out to the lost, okay? And what James taught was, when you were made a new creature in Christ, if any be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things are become new. That's talking about you, right? It's talking about me. If not, you you got bigger problems than, than whatever you you're burdened with right now. You need to get born again and become in Christ. But if you are in Christ, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. So praise God. You're now reconciled to God through Christ. You've got this end taken care of, but now you need the other end. You need to be connected to lost people so that you can be a bridge. Okay. And, and James's first point was that's what you were created for. Okay, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. Verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And what's the next part? Okay, so you ought to read that. And just the us is us, you guys. As a class, we could read that out loud and we'd all be looking at each other and I'd be like, Shelly, God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. He's given us a task to do. He's made us a steward of the mission of God to now be the ones who reach the world. It was Christ, but now Christ has ascended. And now it's like, Rukus, we've been given this ministry, like, how are we going to do that? When are we going to do that? What's that supposed to look like? What do we do with this thing that we've been given? It's part of our new creature nature. 
James said, you are a new creature, born to be a preacher. Okay, memorable. You remember that. And verse 19, to wit, to know that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed to us the word of reconciliation. Okay, so we have the ministry that's been given us, and we have the word of reconciliation, and it's our job to then build bridges with the lost so that we can intentionally bring them into friendship. You might want to write this down. You can talk about this in your small groups. How are you going to do this? To bring them into friendship. Okay, so you extend your friendship. Then you express your faith. You expand your fellowship. Friendship, faith, fellowship. Okay. That's what those bridges do. So, Scott, I was recruited to teach in Kidtown and then eventually to lead Kidtown. In my first week as Kidtown director, I was asked a question I didn't know the answer to. My little girl is seeing demons. What do I do, director? I have no idea what to tell this mom. That little girl's now in Kaya, by the way. Okay, but I did not know how to answer the question that was asked me the first week I was at that level of leadership. So you know what I had to do, Scott? I went to a four-year Bible institute. At that point, it was Shepherd School, not LFBI. I didn't go there because it seemed like a good idea. I didn't go there because I didn't have anything else to do on my Saturdays and, and evenings. And I went there because I needed to get equipped to the ministry that I had been called to. So, so Jane's like, I, I need LFBI. I need to learn this so that on this end of the bridge, I know how to answer the people that, that I'm going to be in. Does that make sense? Okay, so we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. So Scott, yeah, like, Scott's like, man, if I do this, there's some things that I'm going to, wait till you start thinking about Nairobi. You know, Christine and I are going to have to start leading. We get to, sorry. <laughs> I'm not really good at it, super comfortable at it. But we get to start leading praise and worship again and living well. You know why? I'm not as good at it as Mike, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know why I'm going to do it? Anybody know why Christine and I would start leading praise and worship again and, and, and uh, living well? Hopefully, it'll be a blessing to the class. Hopefully, we're praising the Lord. The reason we're going to start doing it again, though, isn't quite that spiritual. Okay? <laughs> we're going to Nairobi for the month of October to help plant a church there. And we have to lead praise and worship. In order to prepare for the ministry that God has already given us, we're going to have to bust out the guitar. You're going to have to start singing again. Christine used to sing. Quit doing it. I don't know why. Sing in the shower. So we're going to, does that make sense, you guys? You were born to preach. You were born to be a bridge. You were born to bring people into the ark. Like, that's what you were born for. But in order to do this ministry, it requires exactly what Scott was saying. And I'm just going to bring it back around here with this. And you can talk about this in your small groups is what's it going to be? What's going to be required for me 
to do the ministry that I was born to do. I don't have to ask if I'm called to be a part of the ministry here. You were born. That's the only reason you're here. Sin and death are conquered. You got your ticket to heaven. Like God's just allowing you to be. That's that's what we're here for. What's it going to what's it going to require for me to actually do this? And Scott has to ask himself some hard questions. He has to change some habits, his countenance. He has to be transformed by the renewing of his mind. Praise the Lord. Me too. Amen. Like, okay. Camp testimony next. We can get a couple more in here if, if we have people that want to share. Troy. Yeah. So, so, well, this was what I would counsel her now. My counsel to her then was, oh, like, let's go ask Sam. Like, let's go ask people who might know. But the, the thing is this, if the devil has an invitation into your life, he's going to take it. So if you've been messing around with a Ouija board, if you've been looking for a spiritual experience that is extra biblical, so you didn't know there's only two spiritual families because you haven't been through discipleship yet. So you didn't know that. So you're looking for a spiritual experience, but you're looking for an extra biblical one. So it's not God's family that you're getting the spirit. You're getting spiritual input from the devil. You didn't know that. You just think it's a kid's game. It's a Ouija board. You just think it's tarot cards. You just think you're going to the palm reader to have fun. You think you're just looking at astrology. You think you're just watching horror shows. And no, really what you're doing is you're looking for an extra biblical spiritual experience. So if you invite the devil in, then he gets to come in. Yeah, so the council, sorry, I kind of, okay, so the count, that was background. The counsel is this, get rid of the Ouija board. Who's going to the palm reader? Who's playing with tarot cards? Who's doing divination? She was a little girl, but their family, grandma and grandpa, were going to the, the fortune teller. It's like, well, knock that stuff off. And then... And then we're going to pray prayers of spiritual authority. We as the church have spiritual authority. Believing parents have spiritual authority according to God's word. So we are going to disinvite the devil, right? We're going to lay claim spiritually. So, so anyway, we're going to cancel that invitation to the devil. That's, that's how you deal with things like that. So, okay. Um, next, camp testimony. Uh, Sudi says she liked James' message. Uh huh. So James DeCoker, he was the guy who preached on the bridges. He's very simple messages, but they were very clear and they're very convicting. You know, the. Several people were, uh, Shelly says, so Shelly's agreeing with Sudi. A lot of people received, you know, they got stuff from James's messages. So, Christine. Yeah, please. So we'll do one more after this. And then we're going to break up in our groups. 
So many of you know that I've, I've had a burden for my neighbors and, you know, we've done a few women's events and just reached out and been able to connect with them when they're out in the front yards and walking around. And so I really, I did get convicted from that message of the reason we're here is for evangelism and, and uh, to take the word of God and invest it in the souls of men. It's really easy to get busy in ministry and continue to minister to the Christians or the people that have been placed in my hand within these walls, but not to, to stay focused on the lost. And so God kind of um, re-pressed uh, upon my heart the need to continue to reach out to our neighbors. And so if you guys, one, could be praying for, we're going to have a back-to-school, um, like, block party and do, like, a bounce house and bring out some grills and just try to get our neighbors and their families together. So I'm going to start planning that. So please, please pray for that. But then also, you know, I did, I spoke a little bit in, in the main service about um, how, um in the kids camp, I had opportunity to teach in the third grade and, and the whole theme of it was superheroes, you know, and, and the three superheroes, the, the biblical superheroes that we talked about there were Joseph and David and Moses. And, and there was five um, characteristics that we taught about on each of those superheroes. They all have an origin story. They all have some sort of a special ability. They all have some sort of gear and um, they have a, um, yeah, they have a villain and they have a support network. And, and so Jenny masterfully compared, you know, our biblical superheroes to normal old superheroes. So, you know, Spider-Man has an origin story where he gets bit by a radioactive spider and he has an ability, can shoot webs. And, you know, he has, um, you know, all of them have like, you know, gear, like Batman may have fancy gear or whatever. But just looking at David specifically, you know, he, his, his um, villain was Goliath. And I really, that resonated with me. And she talked about all of us have Goliaths in our lives, these problems that seem just impossible for us, something we've been battling a long time, a fear, a concern or whatever, you know, and, and those can be our Goliaths. And the kids, they took, you know, pieces of paper and they, they tacked onto a big giant Goliath, their personal Goliaths. And so she challenged each of us, all of us, look at your own personal Goliath and then realize that, you know, David fought his Goliath with stones, five stones from the brook. And so that we all have a, a, a stone that God is going to give us to tackle our Goliaths. And so what does that look like? And, and I think sometimes in my life, I was like, oh, this is a big problem. Uh, end of sentence, period. You know, I pray and I, I talk to the Lord about it, but I don't do anything with it. But what are my stones to, to tackle some of those Goliaths in my life? And, and maybe my Goliath is reaching my neighbors. It just seems so impossible. Nobody wants to hear about the Lord anymore in this woke society. Everybody's like, you know, oh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but, but yet God has burdened me to, to, to evangelize, to tell people about Jesus. So I, I, I'm, I must, I must obey my Lord and I must take what I know to be a life saving message. And I, I, I must, because those people are doomed if we don't. And so what stones can I tackle that Goliath of of being maybe afraid of sharing the gospel or unequipped to share the gospel. I'm, a, I'm afraid I'll chase them away and then I won't get any more opportunities. And, you know, I think prayer is one of my stones. I think some, maybe some practice might be one of my stones. I think true friendship might be one of my stones because if I have a true friend who says, Hey, this is what I believe. I'm not going to say, huh, shock. I, I can't believe you believe that I'm never talking to you again. No, a true friend isn't going to respond that way. So I can tackle my, my Goliath of fear maybe. And um, so anyway, that's where God had me.
Thank you. You're so pretty. I was just looking at you. I didn't listen to anything you said. I, I don't even know what you're talking about, but that's great. That's great. That's just so I'm kidding. I was listening. All right. We have one more before we break. That clock isn't right. I apologize. It's a little later than I thought. But yeah, Jean. I think for me, it's um, it was just a reminder of what God's been dealing with me with anyway, the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of what we really need to do. The stones that she was talking about, those things in our head that keep us from moving forward and sharing our faith, maybe, and that he's already done the work. Yeah. He's going to continue to do the work. All we have to do is be prepared and open our mouths. And then he is the one that does all of it. It's really not so much about our worthiness. It's our willingness and our preparedness. Yeah. It was just a really good reminder of that for me. And on that note, if you would pray, I've been working in the Dallas area in Fort Worth. I have a daughter there. She wants discipleship. Right. And my son-in-law, please pray. I'm going to share the gospel with him this weekend. Again. His name is Troy. And her name is Joy. Yeah. Um, but I know that's going to happen. I, I just believe it's going to happen. Praise the Lord. So pray for Troy. Enjoy and their son Leroy. Your son Troy. Son Troy. Okay. Seriously. Okay. I it's later than I thought. So let's go ahead and break up into small groups. I'll add one more thing in case I'll just throw it out there. And if, if it sticks, then that's great. If it doesn't, that's fine too. Lee Ridings preached out of John chapter 6, verse 66 and 67 where Jesus says some really hard things and the multitude leaves. So Jesus looks at those that are closest to him. That's, that's you. He, like it's talking to his followers, not talking to lost people, not talking to fringe people. He talks to, and he's like, are you going to leave too? And Lee went through and taught on why people leave. And you can go through John chapter six and see that there were just some people following Jesus because they saw what Jesus had done in other people's lives. They're just following the crowd. There were some there that were following Jesus because of what they could get from him. Man, now that I'm born again and I'm fellowshipping with Christ, I have so much love and joy and peace, and I don't want to lose that. So I'm going to follow Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. But what if he calls you to go do something that, that you're not feeling the love. You're not feeling the joy. You're not feeling the peace. What if it takes a 12-hour flight and then you're tired and you get sick? And what if you have to be separated from your family for weeks at a time? What if God calls you to some soldier work, soldier of the Lord? Like, are you still going to follow? What if it's not fun? What if it's not like, like, so why do some people quit? Well, some people, they, they go back to the world because this, that's okay. They're only there because they see what God's done in someone else's life. It's not even real to them. It's just religion. They're there because of what they can get, but they're really not there to, to worship the Lord. And then, and then some people, that's this, they just, they, they can't take the message that he's preaching. It's too hard for them. Okay, so the challenge was don't, don't go back to the world. And the challenge is if you do go back to the world, number one, what are you going back to? actually 
Like you may be, get offended here and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to go back. You're going to go back to what? You're going to go back to being lost. You're going to go back to addiction. You're going to go back to sin. You're going to go back. Oh, man. And then if you do go back, where are you going to get the words of eternal life? You know, so, so, and then the very last thing, Lee said, look, some of you, you've already gone back. Like you're here, but you're not here. Your heart's not here. Your mind isn't here. You're not actually with us here at MBT. You're, you're just here because you got to go somewhere. You're just here for religion's sake. But there's, he talked about people. You know, Moses, God told Moses, go to the Mount and be there, be where you are. And so, some of us, you know, we're here, but our mind is somewhere else. Our heart is some, you're like, you're, you're not really here. So anyway, that I thought, wow, that's pretty insightful. Anyway, let's break up in our small groups and then don't go by that clock. Okay. But in about 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes, we can regroup. And if there's something from your small group that would benefit the whole group, then, then we want to hear that.